0: are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. We'll get to some of the highlights from Aaron Roderick, BYU's passing game coordinator's media session yesterday. Let you hear from him and what he thinks BYU can accomplish, even if the season, if it were to be canceled. There's a lot to get to. We'll talk about that. Also talk about our player countdown series. Who is the greatest Cougar to have worn the number 22 I think most of you already know that, but we'll talk about it nonetheless, go through the finalists, etc. i run all of that down for you on today's show, as well as getting to some news out of the NCAA. Not the news that you probably were expecting from the NCAA, but some news nonetheless that affects BYU and the rest of college football. So a lot to get to, like I said on today's podcast. It is all brought to you today by our good friends at rockauto.com, as well as our good friends over at Biomat USA. We'll tell you about both of these companies here in just a little bit. All right, run down out of the way. Let's get to it here, guys. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for August 13th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast with us here as we talk all things BYU sports. As I've said before, and I'll continue to say for those of you that are new to the podcast, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as giving you insider information about the Cougars that you will not find anywhere else. So make sure if you haven't done so already to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from, whichever podcast provider you choose to use. Make sure you follow us so that way you never miss an episode each and every day. All right, starting off today's show, let's talk a little BYU football. Aaron Roderick is BYU's passing game coordinator, and I'll say this right up front. Aaron is one of my favorite interviews in the BYU football program. There are a number of them. There's a number of players. There are other coaches that I like speaking to, but I like Aaron more than most because Aaron doesn't sugarcoat things. He just kind of lays things out there. He's been a coach for far too long that I feel like he just says, you know what, People are going to ask questions. I'm going to answer them the way I think they should be answered, the way I want to answer it and be done with it. I think he's very straightforward, I think he's very pointed, and he makes sure to let you know exactly how he feels. So let's talk a little bit about what Aaron Roderick had to say during his media session yesterday, of course. There's a lot going on in the world, as we all know. COVID-19 has wreaked havoc on college football. Thank goodness that yesterday we didn't have another conference cancel their season. That's a positive sign, but BYU is still on the practice field, preparing as if they're going to play that season opener on September 7th against the Naval Academy. Your opinion, if that game actually gets played, may differ. I completely understand that. But Aaron Roderick, speaking to the media yesterday, said that he really relishes the time he's got on the field coaching these guys, albeit under some different circumstances.
1: Well, to be honest, it's a little weird. I mean, it's weird to be coaching with a mask over your face. And, you know, everybody out there is masked up. Players are masked up. It's 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 interesting. Um, but, you know, I like I just alluded to a second ago, I think everybody's just having so much fun being out there. You know, the game's kind of, uh, you know, you, you realize right now how precious the opportunities are to play. And so we are just having fun out there. You know, it's fall camp, but it's not drudgery at all. We're, we're competing. We're having fun getting better. We're all, like I said, following the rules about how we've been uh, instructed to behave. And we're trying to do the best we can to keep everybody safe and healthy. But at the same time, we are having fun out there practicing. This is the most lively and enjoyable fall camp I've ever been a part of so far. I mean, it's it's been competitive. It's been fun, just a lot of enthusiasm. And I think I think we have mature enough players to realize how fortunate we are. Every one of these guys on this team has friends in other programs that have either had their season canceled or their season still in question and they haven't even been able to practice yet. And so every rep of every practice is precious and we're we're making the most of it.
0: There you go. Every rep of every practice is precious, and we're as precious, excuse me, and we're making the most of it. I think those are some sage words of wisdom from Aaron Roderick. He's got a long tenure as an offensive coordinator and a quarterbacks coach, and he knows uh, what goes into developing good quarterback play. He's proven it time and time again. Well, he's got three top-level quarterbacks or three starting caliber quarterbacks, depending on how you want to term it that he's got to work through here at BYU. In addition to a youngster in J Mayava Peters, who is a guy who absolutely has been uh, playing with his hair on fire early on in fall camp. Well, Coach Roderick explained to the media yesterday what exactly the reps have been divvied up as and how that's going to go forward from here.
1: So far, it's been equal reps with Zach, Jaron, and Baylor. Uh, exactly equal so far through, I can't remember if today was eight or nine, eighth or ninth practice. Um, and then I've been mixing Sol in there where I can. He's he's gotten some reps every day as well. He's really exciting young player. When he goes in, we uh, keep joking that something exciting is going to happen. He he might he might do the wrong thing and still make a great play. He's just he's just uh, he's pretty fun to watch. Um, that won't last forever. As as we get closer to a game, we will start you know we'll whittle those reps down and get, get whoever's gonna be the starter ready, ready to play. Um, but right now it's, you know, game is far enough away that I feel like, there, and there's enough the practices are pretty long right now. We're getting a lot of work, so there's enough there for all those guys to get some.
0: There you go. Aaron Roderick, even reps for the top three quarterbacks, as well as some for Souljay, Myava Peters. I can tell you this much in speaking with people down there. It's more than just maybe a series here or there for Souljay. They've given him plenty of work. As you heard Aaron say, there's lots of reps to be divvied up and they will narrow that down as the season gets a little bit closer as I've said before and I'll continue to re- continue to reiterate for you guys, Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback barring an injury against the Naval Academy on September 7th, but he's going to have plenty of competition. Jaron Hall is showing well, Baylor Romney's fully healthy now showing well as w- and Soljay, absolutely as a freshman, has been electric according to people that have seen him uh, play. And coach Roderick was asked what Soljay brings to the field in particular and here's what he had to say.
1: Oh, he's just a playmaker. He's a uh... I mean, he's he's kind of wild out there. He doesn't know what he's doing yet all the time, but he's super athletic, um, got a lot of confidence in himself, and like I said, he'll he'll he will uh, do some instinctive things that that just uh, you know are hard to coach. He he has a great feel for when to make a back shoulder throw, you know, and that's one of those things you you can talk and talk and talk about it, and some guys just know when to do it, and he's he's one of those guys. Uh, He also has, uh, he's really good with the ball in his hands. He's deceptive in his ball handling in the run game. He's slippery as a runner and scrambling and that kind of thing. Um, He's very unpolished. (laughs) He's got a long way to go, but um, I'm excited about his future. Some very encouraging comments
0: there from Coach Roderick about Souljay. And I have to tell you guys, I think Souljay might be the perfect guy to prepare BYU for facing the triple option. He has got the ability to be a dual threat quarterback. He's a smaller quarterback, more mobile, like the most of the Navy quarterbacks are, especially in that option offense that Navy deploys on offense. I'm telling you guys, J might be a heaven-sent figure right now for BYU to prepare for this game against the Naval Academy. Of course, he'll have to master more of the nuances of the triple option if he wants to be a true scout team quarterback to give BYU the look they need, but Everything about what Aaron Roderick just said about Soul Jay screams to me that he could be a future star for BYU if he can hone his game and really morph it into being starter material and he's off to a good start there's no doubt about it the early returns on him what were less than a week and a half into fall camp at this point have been very, very positive, and I think that he's going to continue to grow and improve, and it's a positive sign to see him doing so well early on in his BYU career. All right, one final note for you guys from Aaron Roderick's media availability yesterday. He was asked about the importance of getting these practices in or actually having the practices under BYU's belt, even if the season weren't to take place. Well, as you'll hear Coach Roderick say... It's a very advantageous position for BYU to be in, but he also explains the, just the value overall of getting this work in with his athletes.
1: Well, the practices are huge. I mean, I don't know if people really understand how important practice is. I mean, that's how you get better. You know, and the NCAA allows you 15 practices in spring ball. That's it, 15. And in fall camp, you get 29 practices before your first game, Okay once the season starts you basically practice three times a week so that's about somewhere 36 to 40 something practices so really in most football seasons you're more than halfway done with your practice season before you even play your first game and then once that game starts those practices are so limited uh, as a coach you start to gain appreciation for how critical every single practice is how, how critical every rep is and then you try to pass that importance on to your players like hey this certain play in our offense is going to get X number of reps when you because you just you do the math. You get this many practices and this many plays in our offense, and there's X amount of plays per practice. You start doing the math. You, you realize each one of those. Each one of those practice reps is super critical and and then you divide that those reps up between players you're talking about. Now they're even more critical, and so the more we can uh, pass that importance on to our players, I think the better that they Uh, the more urgency they have at practice. And um, so far in this camp, there's been an incredible sense of urgency. Uh, And I think more than anything, just like a, a sense of gratitude that we get to be out there playing. And it's been really fun.
0: There you have it. Aaron Roderick highlights from his media session yesterday. If you want to hear the entirety of his media session, you can go to 1280thezone.com. Go to the BYU tab, and all those interviews from BYU fall camp will be available to you guys. And a big thank you to Aaron Roderick for speaking with us, the media, yesterday. And great conversation, nonetheless. And I think that there's some very positive developments that could be coming for BYU. The biggest thing is, guess what? Even if the season does get canceled, let's say it's canceled one or two weeks from now, Think of how many practices BYU will have under their belt. They scrimmaged last Saturday. I would venture to guess that they'd probably scrimmage one or two more times here in fall camp. Well, think of how much extra work they have gotten over other teams who may not have even taken a practice under the new head coaches. Uh, I work on DJ and PK in the morning for the Zone Sports Network. And for example, Chris Solari joined us earlier on in the week to talk about the Big Ten issues. But he also covers Michigan State football. He said Michigan State's first practices under Mel Tucker, of course, the former Colorado coach who made the jump to coach the Spartans this past offseason. Their first three practices working with their new head coach were last week weekend the first time since he had taken the job in what mid February early February been months and months and months without any work on the field with their new coach BYU has had six spring practices to this point in Provo at BYU they've had seven fall practices if my count is correct They are light years ahead of a lot of programs, I feel like. Even if the season does get postponed to the spring or all the way until 2021, I can tell you this much. The work that's being put in right now by BYU, they're laying a great groundwork, a great foundation, and they're going to really just benefit from this. I really feel like it's an advantageous thing for BYU. We talked about the fact that they could have an advantageous position if the season is played on yesterday's podcast, where they could be the only game in town, literally in the western United States on Saturday evenings. There are so many things looking so positive for BYU right now. I'm actually really bullish on what they're doing here. Obviously, there are concerns with COVID-19. There's so many different things that go into that, and BYU is doing their best. They've been uh, monitoring athletes, temperature checks, requiring masks everywhere. You heard Aaron talk about the fact that it's weird to be wearing a mask all the time, but it's something they need to do to make sure they can have as much of a successful season as they possibly can muster, what they can control Ah, uh, to that degree. And I think it's a very positive development to see this from BYU, and I'm very encouraged by what the Cougars are doing here. And I think that it's going to be something regardless if games are played, The practices alone are quite valuable. and you heard Coach Roderick allude to that. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up on some of the news out of the NCAA. the Division One Council met yesterday. How will eligibility be impacted by COVID-19? Is recruiting uh, the dead period going to be over? We'll break all that down for you guys. You may have missed it yesterday. We'll get to that here in a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com. We talk a lot about this company, but I can tell you guys this much. Rockauto.com is the best place to get all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Bar none, full stop, period. End of story. I'm serious about that, guys. If you need parts for your car, truck, or SUV, something as simple as motor oil, you need a new headlamp, you need to replace your muffler, no matter what it is, they have all the parts you could ever need from all the different manufacturers. So all you got to do is go to rockauto.com, put in your car name, the model, the title, the model number, whatever you need to identify your car, then you tell it what parts you need it brings up all the different manufacturers they have available parts from and guess what you can search by specifications you can search by manufacturer you can even search by price you want the lowest price product well check it out and i can tell you this much rockauto.com all of their prices are reliably low you don't have to join a membership program to get the low price they're up there every day and they're trying to help you guys out and the best part about this whole thing it's shipped directly to your door check it out guys that's rockauto.com when you stop by make sure to put locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you from right here on locked on cougars Great company, been around for 20 years, and they want to make sure that you guys, they can take a little bit of the sting out of upkeeping your vehicle. And it's really easy to do by using rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com. As you guys are aware, or you will become aware if you're a new listener to this podcast, I am not a big fan of the NCAA. We'll get that out of the way right off the top here. But every once in a while, the NCAA does something that's common sense and I can give them credit for it and I can applaud them for their efforts. Yesterday, the Division I Board of Directors and the Division I Council met yesterday uh, to authorize some minimum protections for student-athletes whose sports seasons are being impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, These recommendations are just that. The recommendations, they'll be finalized uh, before August 21st, before the season was officially to begin. This is going to affect athletes in football, women's soccer, women's volleyball, I would guess cross-country essentially any and all of the fall sports who have been impacted by the cancellation or postponement of fall sports seasons across the NCAA. But I do give the NCAA some credit here because they've done some good things here. The council has recommended the board provide fall sports student-athletes who compete and then opt out of future participation or have a season cut short due to COVID-19. Either two options here. One, an extension of their five-year period of eligibility, and two, an additional season of competition if they participate in 50% or less of the maximum number of competitions allowed in each sport by Division I rules. So they're essentially giving that extra year that the spring athletes got to the fall athletes if if their program is affected by COVID-19. Of course, if you go and play your entire season, well, guess what? You got a full season out of it when other athletes didn't get that opportunity. I think this is a pretty straightforward approach and I actually applaud the NCAA on that. A couple other things for you guys. Uh, they have announced uh, is a prohibition on canceling, reducing or not renewing athletics aid for student athletes who opt out of participation due to COVID-19 and required medical coverage for COVID-19 if a student contracts the virus through sports participation. This is the bare minimum that the NCAA can offer to these student athletes that may end up on the field and are putting themselves at risk with this virus. The NCAA, I've said it before, I'll continue to say it. It's been a lack of leadership on Mark Emmert's part throughout all of this. Essentially, have had a hands off approach like, well, we'll let the conferences decide what they want to do and we're not going to worry about it. Well, guess what? Are you an organization that leads collegiate athletics or are you not? You should probably stand up and lead a little bit more than you have been to this point. And I'm speaking directly to Mark Emmert and his leadership council out there with the NCAA. But that's a story for another day. Today, I think the good news is is the Division One Council appears to be functioning in a normal fashion, and they're bringing some common-sense proposals to the forefront. And if the NCAA is smart, they will approve these without much of a fight. They'll make sure they're finalized, put into uh, law, put into action, whatever you want to term it, however they term it officially, on, on or by August 21st. And that way, these student-athletes can benefit from these changes we're all in unprecedented times. I think you all understand that COVID-19, we have not seen a virus of this level in a hundred years. The Spanish flu pandemic in 1918, it's been 102 years uh, since something of this variety came around and it's made for some very interesting situations in sports overall, but especially college sports. These are not professional athletes. They're not being paid directly for their play. Of course, they receive grants and aid, the scholarship packages, the cost of attendance, all of those different things that go into it, but it's not direct pay for play, which makes that would make an athlete, in essence, a professional. So the NCAA has got to really tiptoe around things, and I understand that. But when you just go silent and sit back and let everybody else kind of handle what you probably should be in the middle of handling it's not a good look uh so hey good on the division one council for these proposals you guys can go read this if you want to go to the ncaa website i think they are doing some common sense things here to help out student athletes and i applaud them for that One additional note before we wrap this up is that the recruiting dead period, which of course, dead period sounds weird when you're seeing BYU getting commits, etc. Dead period means that BYU and any other college football program or any college athletic program cannot do in-person recruiting. They have not been able to do so since I think mid-March is when it officially went into place. They've maintained extensions on it throughout the summer. It's wreaked havoc on programs' abilities to recruit student athletes or prospective student athletes' ability to visit campuses, learn more about the programs they're interested in. But they've extended that once again through September 30th. So at least for the first month of what would have been the regular college football regular season, no in-person recruiting uh, for programs. And I think that'll continue to be extended. I wouldn't imagine that probably gets ended until what, next year at some point? The good news out of this is BYU has actually benefited, I think, from the shutdown. Of course, student athletes, these prospective high school student athletes, when they go on visits to these campuses, they're being wooed, wined and dined by these college programs, administrators, the coaches, uh, the prospective teammates, all the different things that go into it. And some guys get get a little caught up in that and they make a decision based more on emotion than they would have maybe otherwise had the pressure not been so high on them. BYU is benefiting right now because they've added a number of uh, commitments from some legacy prospects that have been high-level prospects who may have looked elsewhere, maybe picked other schools, had they been able to visit more often. I think the benefit to a program like BYU is their legacy. Uh, These fathers of these prospective student-athletes remember their great days playing for BYU. They understand what BYU brings to the forefront for student-athletes. And they're encouraging it to their sons who have committed to BYU recently. It's been a number of legacy prospects committing to the the Cougars. And I think it's a benefit for the BYU football program. I'm not going to say that in-person recruiting uh, needs to stay forever out of the way so BYU can benefit from it. They absolutely need to be able at some point go to meet with student-athletes and allow these uh, prospective high school athletes to come on campus and learn more about BYU, see it for themselves, etc., But in the meantime, BYU, to their credit, has done a good job at getting high-level athletes to commit despite not being able to come on campus. And as I said, it's very much, I think, these student-athletes, the number of them that are legacy prospects where their fathers played for the BYU football program, it is something that they can look on, their fathers can recommend it, and I think it's a benefit to BYU to have that in their back pocket. So, overall, a thumbs up to the NCAA Division I Council. Approve these post-haste and let the student-athletes benefit because I believe student-athletes should benefit as much as humanly possible. I hope the name, image, and likeness rules come about very quickly to allow student-athletes to benefit that way as well. They should be able to benefit financially from the fact that people are wearing their jersey or have their likeness or whatever it, it might be out there. And I think that student-athletes, as much as you can benefit them Do so because I think it's a good look for you in the NCAA when you're fighting an uphill battle in the publicity department because there are a lot of down things about the NCAA, and if you can fight that a little bit, I think that's a win in the NCAA's book. All right, coming up here in just a second, we will catch you up on the latest when it comes to the player countdown series. A real easy selection today as the best Cougar to have worn the number 22. I only have to say 22 and you probably know exactly where we're going. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Biomat USA, guys. I've told you about this company and I've told you about their urgent, critical need for plasma donations. They need people to come in and donate every day. You're probably wondering, okay, What does it entail to have my plasma donations? Well, guess what? It's a pretty simple process. You show up, you get screened to make sure that you are approved to donate your plasma. You donate the plasma, then you walk out with money in your pocket. It's really as simple as that, guys. What the plasma, the Biomat USA, as well as their parent company, Griffles, does is it goes into many life-saving medications and treatments that help out your fellow man. Especially right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, anybody who has had COVID-19 has recovered from this awful virus. Well, guess what? You have what they call convalescent plasma that they are looking for because it might hold the key to fighting this disease or finding a cure for it, a vaccine, if you will. What uh, Griffles, as well as Biomat USA, are looking for are people to donate each and every day. They're open Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. They're located in Orem at 349 East University Parkway in Orem. Stop on by. The phone number is 801-235-9800. If you have more questions, feel free to call any time. And they need you guys to stop by and donate. They want to use your plasma to help out your fellow man, especially if you have had COVID-19 and you know it, you've po- tested positive, et cetera, or if you suspect you've had it, they also can help you in that regard. So give them a call, 801-235-9800 if you have any questions about that. But additionally, this is a way to put some extra money in your pocket. Biomat USA, the more you donate in a month, the more money you can the more money you can bank away. It's a real simple way to put some extra money into your pocket, have some fun money, some walking around money, and you all you have to do is go in, donate your plasma, you're right back out the door with some extra cash in your pocket. It's a really simple, straightforward process. Stop by, check out our friends at Biomat USA, 349 East, University Parkway in Orem. Tell them that Locked On Cougars sent you when you stop by. That's 349 East, University Parkway in Orem, just across the street from the University Mall, right there, essentially on the corner of University Parkway and State Street, Real easy to find. So stop on by anytime you guys have availability, guys. That's our good friends at Biomat USA. If you have any more questions about this, feel free to give them a call. 801-235-9800. That's Biomat USA, a proud partner of us here on Locked On Cougars. As we wrap up this Thursday edition of the show, let's roll on with our player countdown series. Number 22, the best Cougars for wearing the double deuce is our target today. When I mentioned the number 22 and the greatest cougar to have worn that number, I think it's real simple for many of you. Some of you may have, maybe of a younger generation may not know about this gentleman, but I hope you do, and you probably do. Oh, actually. If you're a younger generation, if you're a basketball fan, you have to know who this individual is. But let's run down our finalist list real quick across multiple sports at BYU. We had former BYU outfielder, Brian Banks, former BYU women's forward, Jackie Bean McBride, one of the greatest women's basketball players in BYU basketball history, former BYU wide receiver, kick returner and wingback, Golden Richards, a great name there, Golden Richards. And then the one, the only, the legendary Danny Ainge. And as you would expect, Danny Ainge comes in with 95.4% of the vote. The only other athlete to get a vote in this or get votes in this was Golden Richards. He took up the other 4.6% of the vote. And I feel bad for Brian Banks and Jackie Bean McBride. Like I said, two great uh, baseball and women's basketball players for the Cougars. But Danny Ainge is that great of a legend in BYU sports history that, hey, He takes it in just an absolute avalanche landslide vote of this. And I don't think enough can be said of what Danny Ainge did for BYU. Of course, he has one of the most famous shots in BYU sports history and BYU basketball history. As well, with that coast-to-coast drive and layup to beat Notre Dame and advance to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. Uh, While he was a student-athlete at BYU, he was also playing professional baseball in the summers for the Toronto Blue Jays organization. I'm telling you guys, Danny Ainge might be one of the best pure athletes to come through BYU, if not the best pure athlete to come through BYU. Naturally talented in multiple sports, even played football in high school, probably could have played football at the Division I level in college, uh, like I said, played two different professional sports, both baseball and in the NBA, won NBA titles with the Boston Celtics, has now led the Boston Celtics to an NBA title with as their GM, their general manager out there in Boston. He's just an absolute fixture in the NBA these days, but there's no doubt that Danny Ainge is the greatest BYU basketball player not named Jimmer. There's, there's two guys, I feel like, and it's Jimmer and Danny Ainge. Both of them guards, both of them Naismith Player of the Year, uh, what, 30 years apart, 1980 and uh, 2010, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe 31 years. But regardless, absolute legend status for Danny Ainge and an easy selection today is the best Cougar to have worn the number 22. Tomorrow we break down number 21. Of course, that includes the great Jamal Williams, the all-time leading rusher in BYU football history. We'll see if another athlete might be able to knock him off the list, but I'm going to think Probably not, but we'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of the show, guys. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you guys each and every day. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search us out at LockedOnCougars. Make sure to follow along for news about the podcast as well as all the things going on in BYU Sports News. It's an easy way to stay up to date and feel free to reach out anytime as well. Email address for the podcast is locked on BYU at gmail.com. Love to get your guys' thoughts on the podcast. It's always fun to have you guys weighing in with what you think about the Cougars as we roll along here each and every day talking BYU sports. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for August 13th, 2020. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.